Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, everybody. My name's Jerome. It's good to see you this morning. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at City Life. And today we'll be covering the content of this project from a heartbeat level. Picture putting your head to the chest of God the Father and hearing his heartbeat. We pray that his heart will be imparted into us that we would recognize he first loved us and it's his love that can transform this world to love the one. We say here, loving the city one life at a time because it's God's love. The city, he's coming back one day to make all things new. One is the biggest number because it's me and you and we've all been given a slice of time. And until he comes back, we wanna steward that well. Now, if you follow the news, you know that unity and love is very challenging. And you don't have to look further than what you see on TV, just look in our own lives. What comes to mind when we say one? Maybe our tank's a little empty. Maybe we come joyous that we can do this. Maybe some of us are naive in that. Maybe some of us have been so seasoned where I'll believe it when I see it. I had a friend text me this week and goes, one, beautiful album, but what a tough topic. We say here, all races, all faces, all ages. How? Well, today we pray that there will be a divine encounter for each one of us towards God's prayer. Jesus prayed that you and me would be one. John Perkins is a legend, and if you've been around City Life for a little bit of time, you'd know we've promoted this and encouraged people to read it, and it's Dream With Me, Race, Love, and the Struggle, We Must Win. I don't know if I have one copy here. If you haven't read this, this is yours. Anybody here? Right there. Come on. Allison, will you take it all the way back? Awesome. Thank you. Today's message is titled Heartbeat for One Part One Which does imply there will be another part to this Next week, part two We'll look at some of the lyrics For this monologue song And we'll look at several passages Of scripture to hopefully inform us to have our head impacted, but today is really about our heart impacted, that it would transform our actions with our hands. The lyrics out the gate say this, the heartbeat for this album, it's not an album, but an anthem. One, music's cool, it's neat to make, but the goal for this project wasn't to make music, it was to encourage us and champion us through music as a tool, to use this as a tool to promote unity. This music isn't mine, it's ours. I was given it. It's a collection of many conversations. 
many in this room. It's love. It's unity. Peace. Diversity. It's celebration. It's reconciliation, which only happens when we confront the issues that divide us. We become aware and acknowledge the gap is everywhere. Racially, culturally, economically. So where do we go from here? As my friend said, what a tough topic. We start by being accountable and then move into action. Seeking to understand and get close, like putting a handout, not as a handout, but a handout as a friend. If you've been around church for some time, maybe you've heard the term outreach. Let me suggest a twist to that, which would be reach out. Because if you're close enough, you can reach out and you wouldn't need to have an outreach strategy because you're, you are the outreach of heaven wherever you go. You are the mission of God. Jesus ascended to heaven and he entrusted his followers to continue to teach and empower us that 2,000 years later would show up here, City Life Lansing, 5825 Wise Road. Online, however you're watching it. It's pretty neat. Luke 15 we sang the song this morning, Reckless Love. And God's love, that term, the song has um, created actually a fair amount of controversy. Not controversy for us understanding God's love, but controversy in the church, go figure, right? Leaders trying to figure out, okay, wait, God's love isn't reckless. God's love is perfect. And yeah, but travel with the artist for a second. That, that using poetic expression, that... When God loves those that don't look lovable, that don't look deserving of love, that have done everything wrong, that it seems like they shouldn't get another chance, but yet that's the essence of heaven. It looks reckless, but it's so intentional. It's so beautiful. It's careful. It's strategic. In Luke 15, Jesus gives us an insight of this love. And the chapter starts out, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And I want you to notice the two crowds. Tax collectors and sinners, not esteemed crowd in the social constructs of the day. And then the Pharisees and scribes were complaining and I am not trying to knock church leaders. I'm a church leader. <laughs> we need church leaders. We need order. We uh, need healthy examples of empowerment to equip people for the work of the ministry. But sometimes along the way, we can so know the details of what people should do and how they should do it that if we aren't careful, we get on a high horse and we're on our soapbox and we start to get disgruntled at anybody that might not do it our way. And then we miss the heart. So the Pharisees and scribes, which I think 
we should empathize with and see ourselves in as well. All of us have this in us. And notice how they respond. They're complaining about Jesus. Hold on, I'm going to open this water. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus. What a king. What a king. He welcomes sinners and eats with them. What a king. So he told them this parable, trying to illustrate a principle of the kingdom of God. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Now, in this text, Jesus is not mad at the righteous people. Doing the right thing is amazing. But what it is illustrating is Jesus came for those who are lost. And there's an emphasis on those who are forgotten, marginalized, and feel unseen or unheard. Every one of us can relate with that, whether it's been moments of sin or not feeling worth from the people who are supposed to speak into our life in a way that would communicate our value. In this chapter goes on, there's a lost sheep, lost coin, and a lost son. And there has been some speculation that this just, okay, Jesus is talking just to believers, the church. But it's hard-pressed if you go back to the beginning of this to not, well, why is this bedded here that there's sinners and tax collectors at his table? Where I'm at today is I think it's a big thunder yes for every single person. And it's also for those that might already be believing in God. So it's a both and, not either or. Hopefully in the just next 20 minutes here to give us some language or framework as we'll dive in, how, how can we do this? If you're reading the recipe, love is the intangible ingredient and you can taste it. Crystal's tacos are made with love and we can taste it every time. Every time. But it does matter if we use the right tortillas. Fair? And peanut oil, we like. I wasn't trying to make anyone feel shame if you have a peanut allergy, but we don't, and it's amazing. So pro tip is you can just lightly fry your tortilla, put a little bit of salt on the outside, put something inside of it, and you're going to be happier 
that that's how you make tacos. Do it with a little bit of love. So we'll give some framework or recipe and how to, how to do, how to live this one, one message out, which has been a story here at City Life for a long time. And we have what is, we call the gap for this, which the gap is defined as, it doesn't have to be bad or good. We will spend more time focused on what may seem as bad because those are the things that divide us. We naturally uh, find ourselves staying with people who look like us, who like the same music and interest, and we, we find ourselves wrapped in what we like to do or where we feel safe. But in Christ, we put our preferences second. We want kingdom. So today would be first principle thinking. Let's get a kingdom mindset of how God thinks of this. So, but the gap being a point A to B between me and you, three categories that we break down. There's many more, but, but most would fall under these three categories. First would be racially. We're, we're different races, but yet we're one race, and we'll talk about that. And gender can fall under that as women know you've been sometimes objectified or the same earning potential in society might not be there. And Jesus has a way to speak to that and help um, bring healing to the gap. And then secondly would be culturally. What do we like? Music, our accent, our speech, languages, ethnicities. Because we might look one way, but we might like to do different things or even where we grow up on this planet, our experience is going to be different. And different is not dangerous. But we got to rewire that thinking because we're taught that different can sometimes mean dangerous. So let's unpack. And then lastly, the third tier we'll focus on is economically or class. This is where often we are grouped together as people. We either have a lot of money and we hang out with those, and you can see this play out in zoning or subdivisions, which isn't bad. There's no shame. So don't feel bad if you're in a subdivision unless God tells you to sell everything and give it to the Then do that. But you can see this play out with uh, housing projects or the trailer park. Just group everybody who can only afford that. Just keep them over there. All right, so let's make some statements. First is we are one, we are one race. Genesis 1 tells us that God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Every single human is made in the image of God. That's one race, human race. One race, though. A lyric here says, and we see color, and that's a good thing. Each differently made beautifully, wonderfully in the image of God, a masterpiece, one of one, making one race, the human race. Well done. God doesn't make mistakes. But in that is many different races that would be subcategories or drop-down menus of the human race. And we'll, we'll just categorize those today for uh, ease of, uh, of understanding one life. Every single one life is different. All of us, one life. 
And one is the biggest number. Don't you want someone to care about you? Your family, your kids, your people? Yeah. Because one's not that big of a number unless it's yours. And how do we know that God, he cares about all of people, he made them, but Psalm 139 intimately shows us, check this out. For it was you were created, my inward parts. God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. And what the psalmist is penning there, this song that says, I am wonderfully made by God and I have been formed in my mother's womb and he knows me. He cares. The constructs of our day, socially, politically, um, economically, you name it, it doesn't give this level of dignity and too often in the body of Christ as well. Now, some can be uh, by being naive, but some, sometimes we just willingly choose to be ignorant but, but we, what we are in the know. And to examine, we'll then think, all right, okay, we're saying it's one life, so now one life, one, it's just a number unless it's yours. Each person priceless with a story, therefore one is the biggest number. A statement today, one is the biggest number because I am one, you are one, and that matters. And then lastly, Jesus, he wants us to be one body. That we're many different members, but we're connected, and it starts with us. If we can't get it right as Jesus followers, how do we ever expect the world to not, I've been reading this week that people have been using language of Armageddon with the war going on in Ukraine and Russia. Can I speak this over you? Because that can bring fear and tor torment to our souls. Jesus says, when you see all this happening, fear not, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So we got to start seeing that and say, not today, Satan. KB's got a song. Nah, 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 not today, Satan. Nah, nah, just not today, Satan. Unless you can stop it. Now, if you can stop it, then would you please go help? But I dare venture, if you're here today, we don't possess the resources or skills to somehow figure out how to end a nuclear war if it happened. So let's focus on what we can control. Loving God, loving people. Maybe it's that simple. So we're one body. Matthew 7, 12, this is the golden rule. Therefore, whatever you want others to do, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. If we're gonna be one, I have to do unto others as they wish they would do unto me. So let's give four A's in our toolkit. And um, I know... It's hard to focus. Sometimes there can be information overload. Um, so I would ask us to re-up in this moment and, and let's pray and let's recharge because these four will be the thing that I could think that can set the course of, of our life, period. So here's what we'll do to recharge. Let's take a deep breath in your nose and out your mouth. At home. We're gonna do a second one. 
we're going to do a third one. We believe in the Trinity. (sighs) Four A's for oneness. Number one, aware. Having knowledge or perception of a situation or fact, that's what it means to be aware. That I want to have more knowledge about what people experience racially. I want to have more knowledge about what people experience culturally. I want to be aware of what's going on to live in different social economic systems or not have the same status as somebody else. Dollar dollars bills, y'all. And again, going back to maybe more of what we would see as bad, but, but it helps our awareness. We, we say that the one is the single mom providing. The one is the kid forced into war. No one chooses that. One is the girl being trafficked and wants out. One is the kid bullied and being made fun of. One can't cope and turns to drugs. No kid writes that one day, yeah, I just hope that my life's going to fall into shambles and they're going to be an addict. Nobody. That's what happens. We get awareness. One is the child dreaming to beat the odds. You know what? They will. But the one just got bombed at their home that they built. Perspective. It does something to us. Because instantly, especially in America, we hear things like this and we think of ourselves, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? Solve it. I want to solve everything. Come on, isn't there something we can do? America, get it done. Build a factory. Yeah. It's, not how, it's just not how it works in the kingdom. Because I'm the one, you're the one. What did you go through? What are you going through? What am I going through? Let's be aware. You know, in our country, specifically, let me just speak to white people first for a second. Because I could share my story and there's enough pain in it to, 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 to have you lean in where you'd be like, dang. But there's also, as I move out of my story, though, and I look at the corporate story um, nationally here in America, the African-American experience is different than the white experience in America. Just wrong. The injustices, segregation, the effects of that over time. And often we just say, we'll just move on, move on. Well, no, you know what's cool about God? He doesn't move on, he moves in. He's so aware that he's like, I'm coming in. I'm going in there. Where does it hurt most? That's what I'm doing. I'm, going, I'm, I'm not moving on, I'm moving in. But as people, we want to move on. But we remember Jesus moved in. He first loved me, right? There's been some controversy about the, the Little Mermaid, a Disney story, which is fictional. Maybe, I'll just go for it. Just maybe there was a mermaid person thing. I don't know. Okay? I, I have imagination. So possibly. But there has been this level of... And I, Maybe there's overcompensation and maybe Disney's, you know, trying to be woke extravaganza where they're doing everything possible just to sell things. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But representation matters. So their new trailer came out and the Little Mermaid is a little black girl. And it's amazing. And I want you to see, I saw this YouTube short and it really helps our awareness to just see just racially, just Just get a glimpse for a second of the response of that trailer, maybe from a different perspective than you might have. 
This is how black kids reacted to the new Little Mermaid being black. This is how black kids reacted to the new Little Mermaid being black. She's a black girl. Let's go, dude. Let's go. That's awesome. Representation matters. And also being aware, culturally, we can't judge a book by its cover. Here's another YouTube short. It's a battle rap video, which might not be your cup of tea. But let me educate us a little bit when it comes to rap music. You don't have to like rap music but people like rap music, so be sensitive to that. So when we say things like this, I hate rap music, it is possible our bias might mean, and I hate those people. It happens so subtle, but it happens so quick. Those people, that loud music. Now, it takes some discipline to do this. When I think of metal music, shout out to the metalheads, it's not native for me. I'm not like, yeah, that's warm and fuzzy. I love those people. You know, I think there's some science behind it too. You start playing that, your plants die. I did hear that. I, don't, I have not, you would need to fact check that, Wikipedia. I'm, so I'm not saying that that's what you should do. Um, but God uses metal music, you better believe it. And he loves that. He loves us just the way we are. He wants to, he wants to show us the original intent of the use. Who, who, who gave it? It's the sacred, secular. Everything he made, he saw it was good. The devil has been distorting and perverting and trying to get us to divide. That's what he does. God wants to unite. Not bring uniformity, but bring this amazing, beautiful recipe of people that are trying to be intentional to do this together. Will we all understand each other? No. No. And God is okay with that because in the end it says that every tribe, every nation, every tongue will be worshiped, worshiping around the throne. So we all need outlets for our own tribe. We all need outlets for our own language, and that's amazing. But one thing that City Life is committed to is we're a hybrid. You just can't figure, figure us out. We're, we're, a, we're okay with being a mutt. Like show us your paperwork at the animal shelter. We don't have any. A lot of us are mixed or got tough situations, come from all these crazy stories or people giving up what they look to be rights because we want to be bridge builders. We want to be people that connect for one. And this plays out in our own life. I mean, my wife's first generation from Mexico. And when I go to the family events originally, no, no one was speaking English and I'm sitting there as the gringo, but, but, but I earned my stripes because I liked hot food in the moment. And they're like, oh, I like him. They gave me the chile, like laughing at me. This is before the hot ones show ever came out. You know, this, this happened and you start to get to see, okay, whoa, everything's different. Has, but you retrain yourself. Oh, I want to be aware. But let me not project my experiences on any other situation. So this next picture I'm going to bring up is a battle rap uh, moment which battle rap is, can be used for glorious things or destructive things, but you'll notice an individual who definitely doesn't fit in would be what someone would say white, but I would say maybe 
ginger white slash anomaly white, and you'll hear him say some very profound things. You might not catch it at first, um, but, but, but try to right here, right now, in Jesus' name. See, I ain't even with the drama no more. I've been raising a black kid for six years, Danny, and I ain't even with his mama no more. You think, you think he cares? You think he cares what color I am when I'm the one who puts the food on the table, clothes on his back? Exactly. Watch your mouth. Know how to act because now my son is his half brother. So act up because any attempt to G check me gonna be lackluster. My pops died when I was five and he was 35. And sometimes my mind's blurry, but now I'm 34 with a four year old, so I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and let all the racist lines flurry, mm-hmm. but think twice before using one. Cause you worry about losing to a white boy. I'm worried about him losing one. And to break it down, he was saying that he's battling and they're, they're gonna make fun of him cause he's the minority in that particular setting. They're gonna make fun of him because of his uh, color of his skin. But he's saying, hey, watch out cause I'm raising a girl's son who's black and you're gonna call me white but I'm not even with her anymore. And then he's sharing his pain, what he grew up with. He's saying he lost his dad at 35 and he's 34 and then he's got another kid and now they're, they're, they're siblings. And then he's worried that, that if, if he could fall into the same story that his dad's gone and that the kid would not have him here anymore and it wouldn't matter what color he is because he's dad to that kid and, and it's something so much bigger than the battle rap moment. Because when there's something bigger than just racially, culturally, and economically, now we start to really put a blanket of heaven and say, man, I see you the way God made you. That's amazing. You have expression in that. We need to see... Uh, Man, just let justice roll down in all areas. And at the same time, let us be people, though, that, that can remember the kingdom mission we're on, which is restoration, reconciliation. And how that happens is we confront these issues that divide us. And who did this? Jesus. So worship team, if you guys could come up. I, we're, there might be six parts to this, so we're just not even going to try to close it. We're not even going to, I can't get there. We'll just be, I think today is just... A big amen to become more aware. I want to become more aware. Locally, globally, I just want to become more aware. I want more knowledge. I'm going to get curious. I want to become more aware. You know what kids, they ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I saw a comedian and um, they said... Is that kids will tell you the truth and what's on their mind. And if they tell you you're ugly, you're really ugly. (laughs) No one's ugly to God. But children have a, the filter's off. Maybe in this moment, the filter could come off. Maybe there's some bones that set that the Lord needs to break today. There's a psalm that writes, it says, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. 
And if a bone doesn't heal right, the doctor will reset it to heal right. There's been some pain in our lives that didn't heal right. There's some limps and some generational trauma that has been happening that we've been contributing to that today I pray that the closeness of heaven, that Jesus would step in. Remember how he welcomes us. He welcomes tax collectors and sinners and eats with them. Not to empower them in sin, but to meet them there where it seems so unlikely. It's so reckless. My prayer in this moment would be that awareness would want to happen, gentleness would want to happen, love and compassion for oneness would want to happen because we remember the one love in us. We're all the lost sheep. There's only one person who lived the life we couldn't, Jesus. Died the death we should have, Jesus. Who closed the gap for us. We couldn't get back to God, so God got close to us. And when we put our faith in him, it won't be perfect, but he's the good shepherd. He doesn't lose one of his sheep. It's permanent. It's who he is. It's what he does. Jesus. There's a line in that song that if we do school assemblies, maybe we'll have to create an edited out version because we want to be sensitive. And you can't just come in in the name of Jesus, and that's okay. Sometimes you can just come in and if you need a sandwich, here's a sandwich. If you need some tutoring, here's a tutoring. So that's totally fine. But on a Sunday, there's only one name. In every day, there's only one name. But the vehicle we travel in, how we say that and where we say that, of course there's tact. But the one name that can give us what we all want is found in him. And sometimes we won't have it on this side of eternity and it's freedom found in Jesus. And the greatest freedom he provided is restoration back to God, that we could be one with God. He was aware of the state that we're in. We're all dead in sin. That's not morbid. It's just a truth. That's why none of us can boast. None of us can brag. No one's better than each other in Christ. We are one. That's why there's no mountain he wouldn't climb up. There's no shadow he wouldn't light up to get us back to him. So we do have a few moments. There's a little buffer. Because we try to, you know, make sure to get people out on time to go about their day and thank you to everyone who serves and makes it possible and you know traffic in the parking lot but but if you're a clock watcher you know normally we we stop in two minutes but what i would ask is can we stop in five minutes can we do that and maybe in this moment you would just surrender to god and say god i don't know find me i'm lost in some areas i got some bones that are hurting that video just brought up some stuff to me I feel naive or ignorant and my love tank is low and it's been hard, it's been heavy and it hurts. And God in this moment, right here, right now, in the back, God can reach you. On the sides, God can reach you. You can't hide from God. 
You can't hide from God. Sometimes I try to hide from each other, but we can't hide from God. And I pray this song right here, right now, that we would say, Jesus, Jesus, teach me, show me your love, Jesus. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so Kick down, lie you won't. 
coming after me. Say that with me, come on. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Sometimes we have to say things to believe them. There's no lie you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Yeah, there's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's a famous clip of a preacher saying, God loves you because he loves you, 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 but, but because he loves you, 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 because he loves you. It's who God is, the reckless love of God. Parents, you know that to be true. You love your kids. Let God love you like that. Look in the mirror. Love yourself. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to love each other. God, I thank you for every person here. I pray your power, your peace. I ask for a blessing to be upon their lives and their family. God, I pray as they go out this week that everything that the enemy means for evil, God, you will turn it for good. God, I pray that there will be the right people at moments when we need you most that will show up and remind us of your love. God, help us be more aware. We want to be aware. We want to be like kids. We're taking the filters. We're taking any of the lids off, any of the bones that need to be reset. God, have your way. We surrender. God, I thank you for this time today. We pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. If today has been impactful in your life, we say it every week. We're going to be here next week. But before we do that, can I remind you that that Connect Center out there and the Connect link online is us admitting we need each other. You can't vacuum if you don't plug it in the wall unless you got like one of those cordless battery things, you know. But still, the battery at some point needs to be recharged. We can't do life alone. We are better together. This would be a great week to jump in a group. We're going to talk about some really tough stuff. 
Uh, there's no way we'll be able to unpack it all, but it'll be powerful. So connect with somebody. We would love for you to become a member here. You can do that in the hallway with the neon sign or online. We'll see you next week. We'll do part, I, I thought there was only gonna be part two. There might be part 60 because I think the Lord wants to do a, a deep work in us so that we are one for the season ahead. See ya next week, 10 a.m., 11.30, all races, all faces, all ages, you belong here. We're gonna keep loving this city one life at a time, and we're not gonna stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all.